Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. I'm Jana, and normally joined by my wonderful co-host, the Sherpa, uh, but he's actually on a bye this week. Whether or not it's because my Cowboys beat his Giants, we can't confirm or deny that because he's not here. But uh, he will be back with us again next week. In the meantime, you're just hanging out with me this week. We are still doing everything like normal. We're still going to be giving you all of this week's news and notes from week one, looking into week two, your fantasy lineups, the matchups, your FanDuel and DraftKings picks, uh, some sleepers, guys to start, who to sit, all that good stuff. Um, We'll be here from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every Wednesday night. little consistency is always good for you guys. In a world of very inconsistent fantasy play, we're always here for you. Uh, let's just jump right in. Um, first, I'm going to let you know where you can get a hold of us, and then we're going to start looking at some injuries. There were quite a few. This is always my least favorite part of the show, uh, but there are definitely a lot that are going to impact your fantasy lineup be it for money or fun or pride, but there is a lot to get through today. So we'll jump into that in just a second. As always, if you want to touch base with us, you can find us on Twitter at the number 4THNInches Show. That's the number 4THNInches Show. Our email handle is the same, the number 4THNInches Show at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at JKIM16 and the Sherpa at Fantasy underscore Sherpa. We're always here all week long to talk football with you and really sports in general, but if you have lineup questions, you need help, uh, you just need to know who to start or sit, find us on Thursdays and Sundays and all week long there. But, of course, we've got most of that coming your way tonight. Let's start real quick with the injuries. It was not a, uh, a an easy week on the body for football players. Uh, We thought preseason was bad, but week one definitely brought a lot of hardship to your lineups. No particular order, but let's just jump right in. Obviously, for me, the biggest one, uh, as a Cowboys fan, Des Bryant did not look so fly. First, he's dehydrated and rusty. Then he breaks a bone in his foot. He did have surgery on Monday morning. Depending who you ask, it's going to depend how long he's out. Most people are saying four to six weeks. Some people are saying six to eight. If you ask Roddy White, he says the whole season. We'll get into that in just a minute. Um, But uh, he definitely will not be playing this week. He's not going to be playing for at least the next four weeks because there's a pin in his foot. It needs to heal. Pretty common sense there. But what I was alluding to is Roddy White made some comments earlier today uh, about Des Bryant's foot injury, talking about how Julio Jones had – he and Julio were talking about it today – Uh, Julio Jones did have the same or very similar injury in 2013. He missed uh, 12 weeks because he injured in week five and then he was out the rest of the season. Dez historically plays through a lot of pain, does play through injuries. Uh, I don't think he's going to miss the whole season. I think it's probably going to be closer to the six-week mark than anything else. And when he does come back, it's not going to be – a number one wide receiver quality of effectiveness, perhaps, right away. Um, He obviously missed most of preseason with the whole contract dispute, and we saw the effects of that at the beginning of the game. And I think he's going to need some time to adjust. Likely his fantasy output isn't going to be what you want it to be until the last third of the season would be my guess. You're going to lose at least six weeks, 
and then some uh, point-wise from him. But we're going to keep an eye on it. Obviously, we'll be updating you every week on it. But we'll keep moving on. Um, the Cardinals running back, lost. they lost Andre Ellington to what they're calling a sprained PCL ligament. He didn't tear anything. It's not his MCL or ACL, but the PCL is still pretty important. That's that outside ligament. Some people are saying, it depends on the report, again, that he's going to miss one to three weeks. He was practicing today in a very limited capacity. There's an outside chance he's going to play this week. Quite frankly, I don't think it's the best idea in the world. But, you know, they didn't call and ask me. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe they will. But uh, I think that even if he does play this week, it would be good to look elsewhere. Uh, A running back who likes to cut the way that he does is going to need healthy knees, and he sure does not have two of them right now. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Definitely keep an eye on that and try to find a replacement for your lineup. T.Y. Hilton uh, went down with what they're calling a bruised kneecap. He was lucky to avoid bigger injury. It looked pretty bad when it first happened. But he's probably going to miss one to two games. Uh, I would think we're almost 100% not going to see him this week. Again, keep an eye on it. But uh, I would definitely be looking at some different guys in that lineup. We'll be talking about the Colts in a few minutes. Uh, but I think it, it would be it would behoove you to have a Colt receiver in your lineup this week, but I would not recommend T.Y. Hilton. Let's talk a little bit about some of these quarterbacks. Josh McCown went out with a concussion uh, for the Browns this week. That gave us Johnny Football. Again, we'll touch on him in just a little bit. Uh, McCown is questionable for this week. He's not going to be eligible to at least even think about practicing until Friday. So this is going to go down to the wire. I think they're probably going to try to play it a little more conservative, give him some time to heal, unless Manziel looks terrible in practice. But so far, reports are he's doing all right. So I think we're probably not going to see McCown starting this week. You're going to see Johnny football. uh, But keep an eye on that. Quite frankly, I think most of you weren't riding with Josh McCown as your your starting quarterback (laughs) on your fantasy lineups unless you're in a very deep league. But for what it's worth, probably not a good start this week. Also, we've got Derek Carr. He injured his hand um, trying to stiff arm Adam Pacman Jones, which generally isn't a good idea anyway. He left the game, did have an MRI. Nothing uh, serious is going on in there. He is going to play this week. Um, They're going to wrap him up. Make his hand nice and football-shaped. It's going to work out. Um, Matt McGloin, maybe not the worst handcuff in the world. Let's see how this week goes for him. McGloin came in. He was a serviceable backup, but the Raiders' offense is clearly not going to get you a ton of fantasy points. So I would say stay stay away from both of them this week. Also, it looks like Ryan Mallett is going to start this week. Uh, He replaced Brian Hoyer in what was a terrible performance uh, for Hoyer under center for the Texans last week. Uh, and it, it's not confirmed yet, but it is, for all intents and purposes, going to happen. Ryan Mallett is going to be under center for the Texans this week, so adjust your lineups accordingly. Uh, Terrell Suggs is done for the year. That Baltimore defense has definitely taken a blow. He tore his Achilles. Uh, it looks like they may try to keep him around just for morale right now while he's healing, but he certainly will not be on the field. In slightly better news, the Jaguars are looking to get tight end uh, Julius Thomas, one of their big acquisitions in the off season back shortly he's been cleared for limited practice he does have that broken hand he's still walking around with a cast on it but he's out there on the field so good for him it looks like Tampa Bay um, may get a little boost that they need very desperately in Mike Evans 
He did not play last week due to that hamstring injury. He's been practicing. He's limited, but he's been on the field practicing. That's a much better sign. Uh, So look for him to hopefully be in your lineups this week. Carolina running back Jonathan Stewart didn't practice today. Uh, He did do some workouts yesterday, but it's his knee. It's not serious. It's likely just rest today. He probably will play this weekend. Again, keep an eye on it. C.J. Anderson we saw struggled pretty mightily this week for Denver as well as a lot of that offense. Um, but he he's supposedly got an ankle injury. He might have a broken toe. It depends who you ask and what day. He is questionable. He's practicing. He's reportedly going to play tomorrow night. Remember, the, the Broncos do have that short week. They're going to Kansas City in what will be a tough matchup. So he looks like he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to be your best bet, especially on a Thursday night. We all know how I feel about those games. Um, keep an eye on on the Giants pretty much overall. Victor Cruz still not practicing, still not going to play this week. We talked about him a little bit last week. It looks like week four is still the target for his return. Um, and tight end Daniel Fells, who obviously isn't in a lot of your lineups, he is tight end two there. But notably, he did not practice today. He's got a foot injury. He did split time with Larry Donnell last week and took away some of those looks that Donnell would have gotten. Um, but it looks like he's not going to play this week. That could change. So look for Larry Donnell to have some increased targets, a little more production this week. Um, and I think that's going to boost your fantasy lineup if you're looking at Larry Donnell this week more than last week. Uh, Devin Hester still not practicing for Atlanta. He's questionable. He didn't play last week. I would not be thinking about putting him in my lineup this week. Uh, it just it doesn't look that great for him. Lions tight end Brandon Pettigrew didn't practice. He left the game last week. He's got a hamstring injury. To me, that's trouble. I would be very cautious if he does play putting him in your lineup, although I do have some high hopes for Detroit this week. We'll get to that in just a minute. And it looks like the Rams may be getting uh, Trey Mason back this week and hopefully Todd Gurley making his debut. They both fully practiced today. They both look much better than they did this time last week. So keep an eye on that. The fact they're both coming back at the same time doesn't make me as excited as I would be about one or the other showing up this week just because they're both going to take away from each other. But, hey, more options. We can always use that, especially when we've got guys like C.J. Anderson and Andre Ellington probably out for the week. So that is the extent of our injuries, at least the major ones. Let's jump into some games. That's where the good stuff is. I hate talking about the injuries. Now, we were talking just a minute ago about this Denver-Kansas City game. This is going to kick the week off. Thursday night football, so happy it's back. But it does make me crazy for fantasy purposes. (laughs) I just, I hate having a guy, uh, Thursday night games, I mean, it's a short week. Guys are traveling. You're usually not getting those kinds of crazy high-scoring games that I ideally want for my fantasy players that I can kind of look towards Sunday and maybe even Monday night a little bit more. Thursday nights drive me crazy. Anyone who's listened to the show for the last six years knows this is just never going to change for me. Uh, But you do have two pretty good offenses meeting this week, Denver traveling to Kansas City. Now, I'm excited for this as a fan, the matchup, the rivalry. Uh, I I grew up in a family where I had some Bronco fans, and this is a very heated rivalry for them. Um, I think this is going to come down to the wire. I think Denver is going to take it more so because of their motivation than their overall health. Uh, they're just, they've are just they spent all week 
listening to people tell them they're too old, they're too beat up, they're past their prime, they can't win their division, they can't win their games, anything. Um, So if I'm Peyton Manning, I'm a little cranky right now, and I'm going to go out, and after last week, which was the complete opposite offensively of what we expect of the Broncos, and really the Ravens, we'll get to them, uh, I think that we're going to see a little bit more of an offense, much, much more, since we got none last week, um, despite all of these injuries. I do think this one's going to go down to the wire. I think it may be on the foot of Brandon McManus, who got a ton of camera time last week. Uh, I think he may be kicking a game-winning field goal late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kansas City's going to put up a fight. Andy Reid's offense is going to try to expose some holes in the, the Broncos' defense. Alex Smith, uh, very serviceable. I don't know if I I would take him over Peyton Manning in this game. I know there are some people out there who would right now, but I'm not one of them. Uh, I think Peyton Manning, uh, Demarius Thomas, Manuel Sanders, the whole nine yards, everybody out there, I think they have something to prove this week, and we're going to see that. So I'm taking Denver. I'm taking them by three, and it's going to be late. So stay up for this whole game, guys. I don't Friday morning work, it's fine. You can sleepwalk through it. I'm sure your boss won't mind. If mine's listening, don't worry, I'm not opening on Friday. <laughs> let's look at the Sunday games. Uh, let's kick it off with one I'm really excited about, and I think most of you probably are. And if we had said you know, a year or two ago that we were excited for a New England-Buffalo game and that this could be you know, a, a lot more hard fought, uh, you would have been laughed out of the building. But I think that this has a chance. Now, I know you all thought Scott was crazy last week for picking a Minnesota-Miami Super Bowl. I do as well. But this does have a chance for Buffalo to upset New England. Do I think it's super probable? No. Uh, I would love to see it, yes. I think New England's probably still going to pull it out, but it's going to be much closer than perhaps this would look on paper. For a couple of reasons. Number one, obviously, you listened last week. I was pretty high on Buffalo, Rex Ryan, what they're doing out there, particularly that defense, and it actually turned out to be pretty true. You guys all thought I was crazy for for picking them against Andrew Luck, but that worked out pretty well. Um, I I think with a little more tape that it may not be as much of a surprise this week, particularly Rex Ryan uh, has a bit of a grudge <laughs> against the Patriots. He doesn't like getting beat up by them, and it does happen. But it depends on how you look at those stats. Yes, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have beaten Rex Ryan teams, you know, two out of three times in over the, the last few years. But Tom Brady has struggled more against a Rex Ryan defense than he has against any other defense in the league over that same period of time. Uh, for whatever reason, Rex Ryan's very good at getting into Tom Brady's head. He's very good at coming up with schemes and packages that work against that offense And, yes, it is high-powered. Yes, there are a lot of good things. But I think that you're not going to see every aspect of that Patriots offense working this week. So I'm taking New England. I'm taking them in a close game. I just think that they have a very young offensive line. Uh, Tom Brady's going to have to get that ball out fast. Look for LeGarrette Blunt to have a bigger role this week. I think Gronkowski's still going to have value for you, but it's not going to be as much as last week. Don't expect three touchdowns out of him. Uh, don't get that crazy. I think he might get one or two. I mean, he's still a giant. He's still stronger than most guys. It doesn't really matter who you throw at him. You know, you throw the ball to him ten times, he's still going to catch it six or seven times if he's double covered. So I I maybe like to look at Scott Chandler as a very deep sleeper in some of your leagues. 
maybe if you really are hurting on salary in a FanDuel or DraftKings league. They do run a lot of two tight end sets. Gronk's going to get most of the attention. And I know know you Buffalo fans remember Scott Chandler. I know I've always been a fan of him. He really was uh, kind of a a cornerstone piece of that Bills team for the last few years. So now it's sort of a homecoming for him. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, But Tyrod Taylor, man, it's fun to watch him play, fun to watch him run around. And I I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Moving right along, Houston at Carolina. Uh, This is going to be interesting to watch for different reasons. Uh, More so just let's see how this Ryan Mallett offense is going to run. He's this week's winner of the former Patriots backup quarterback battle in Houston. Uh, Like we talked about earlier, it does look like he's going to get the start over Brian Hoyer. That doesn't change a lot for me about this offense. Granted, Brian Hoyer did kind of look like he was sleepwalking through a lot of that game, but DeAndre Hopkins catches touchdowns. And it doesn't matter if it's Brian Mallett, Brian Hoyer, or probably me throwing the ball to him. He's going to make it work. So I'm not super worried about that in Houston. Let's see if they can get that run game going a little better. Although that Carolina defense is better than people give them credit for. Luke Keekley is still has a concussion he's battling. It looks like he has a chance of playing this week, but that's something to keep an eye on. I think Houston takes this. I think they take it by a touchdown. I'm just not ready for this Cam Newton offense to be able to overpower a Houston defense and outscore their offense. I don't think it's going to be a good day for them. Sorry, Carolina fans. <laughs> Arizona at Chicago. Chicago, uh, I think this is going to be a tough week for their defense again. Uh, I just I love Carson Palmer this week. Play him in your fantasy leagues, play him on DraftKings, play him on FanDuel. Both of my lineups have him as my starting quarterback this week on both sites. I just... I think that he is going to be able to carve up this defense. I think John Brown's going to have a big game. Uh, I know we talked about Andre Ellington uh, being probably not playing. If he does play, not being that effective. So we're going to see what happens there. Chris Johnson may be your go-to guy, uh, but just keep an eye on it. I really think this air attack's going to do a lot of damage to the Chicago defense. So for what that's worth, I think Arizona's winning this game pretty handily. Um, I take them by six points. It's interesting to see just how Chicago is going to rebound, if they're going to, you know, what the kind of changes they're going to make, because they do need to slow down these offenses, and they're not doing that great of a job yet. Uh, fantasy-wise, for the Chicago offense, I don't love this matchup for Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, they're going to put some points up, but not quite as many as they need to. I think they're still going to lose by almost a touchdown, and we're going to have to start asking some questions about Chicago. I mean, we probably were already asking them, in all honesty. So... Let's keep rolling here. San Diego at Cincinnati. Last week, you all know I love the ginger ninja, Andy Dalton. He really put on a bit of a clinic last week. Uh, He and Tyler Eifert just just tore the world up. If you had them in your lineups, most of those winning million-dollar, $100,000 lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings, you had a Tyler Eifert sighting in those. (laughs) That was definitely a common theme. He and Gronkowski were in most of those winning lineups, and – you know, a couple of years ago, the tight end position was almost an afterthought, and now it's really emerging over these last few years with these stud tight ends. And Tyler Eifert uh, really stepped up last week. I want to see if he can do it again this week. I don't think it's going to be as big of a production. Obviously, there's a lot more film on him. He's a little more uh, important in those defensive meetings this week than maybe he was last week. But I think he and Andy Dalton, while they are going to have a good day, I think that the run game isn't going to do so well. 
Uh, Giovanni Bernard's going to have a tough time. San Diego was very good against the run last week. Uh, this game really could go either way. I'm going to take San Diego. It's more of a gut feeling than anything else. Uh, but I would not be surprised if this came down to the wire and it was a very close game. I just think Cincinnati, if they're going to win it, they have to do it in the air. We saw last week they're very capable of doing that. But I think San Diego still has some gas in the tank, and Phillip Rivers is definitely going to give them a run for their money. So, um, actually, one of the guys I like, especially for a flex position this week, is Danny Woodhead. We all know he's got great hands. He's going to come out of the backfield, and he's pretty reasonable value-wise. So if you have a flex position on your regular fantasy team or you're plugging him into your, your paid lineups, uh, definitely take a look at Woodhead this week. This game is going to provide some offensive firepower, though, so definitely keep an eye on that. Let's keep rolling. Tennessee at Cleveland. Now, last week we got what, in essence, was a great college matchup, we thought, with Jameis Winston and Marcus Marietta going against each other. Picks one and two in the draft. It was hugely hyped and did not quite live up to value. Um, Marcus Mariota absolutely did. Jameis Winston absolutely did not. Now this week it looks like we may have another great college matchup, or at least a fantasy college matchup, with Johnny Manziel likely going to be under center for Cleveland. Again, keep an eye on it, but it looks like we may get a Marcus Mariota-Johnny Manziel matchup. I think Mariota comes out on on top of this one. I think he's going to do it uh, relatively handily. I know Tennessee's not going to score... Crazy points like last week. Cleveland's defense is better. Uh, I just overall, there's more tape on Mariota. There's more tape on this offense now. But Marcus Mariota is not a flash in the pan. The way they have this offense designed is purely to benefit him, and it's working. I'm a big fan of Tennessee's offense overall. I think they were really just a good quarterback away from being, you know, a contending team. I don't think this is their year. I think they're still a year away. Uh, it looks like Delaney Walker is a He's questionable this week. He's got some, I believe he's got a sprained wrist. That's a problem for me. A young tight, a young quarterback needs his tight end available. Delaney Walker's a very good tight end as it is. Um, so that gives me a little bit of pause. But I don't trust Johnny Manziel yet. I don't trust his decision-making. I don't think he has the strong enough pieces around him that Mariota does. He's got some more veteran presence. He's got a little bit more cohesive of a unit. I think Mariota and Tennessee come out on top. I think they do it by touchdown. Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota did not, did not, did not do what we thought they would last week. Um, let's see if maybe they're going to give Adrian Peterson the ball a little bit more, but quite frankly, a little unimpressed. I would like to see them bounce back. It's not going to be this week, though. You take Detroit, take Detroit however you can, um, but I would stay away from the running backs. I'm looking more at the pass game for this and their defense. I feel like I'm living Shanahanigans again. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. Bill Belichick style where we've got Joyke Bell and uh, Amir Abdullah. I just I don't like trying to figure out who's going to get more carries. I don't want to waste my money. I don't waste my time on it. There are better running back options out there. Go pick up Danny Woodhead. There, problem solved. Uh, I just it's It's too much of a coin flip right now. So for me, I'm staying away from the Detroit uh, running backs, but – uh, I do like overall the rest of their defense and their offense in this. Hopefully, Indomitian Sue isn't going to try to curb stomp anybody else this week, uh, but that's another issue for another day. Minnesota's just got to get it together. They have the pieces. They just don't know how to work together yet. So let's see if they can kind of rebound at least a little bit. Show us you've got more in the tank than you did on Monday night. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. 
this is a team that's kind of given New Orleans fits over the last couple of years. For whatever reason, uh, it's kind of like the Rams in, in Seattle. It just doesn't always make sense why, but it, it happens. Not going to be the case this week. New Orleans is bouncing back. Uh, their offense is really going to get going. Look for Drew Brees and Brandon Cooks to hook up several times. I just I don't I'm not impressed with Jameis Winston. I haven't been even when he was in college. I would have picked Mariota number one, but I mean again nobody called me. Bad move on your part, Tampa Bay. Could have fixed this for you. In the meantime, it looks like Mike Evans uh, is touch and go. Uh, so that's going to kind of screw with your wide receivers a little bit. Even if he does play, he's not 100% healthy. And if he does play, there's no guarantee Jameis Winston can get him the ball. So if you're going to play anybody, look to tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins. Now, this offense scares me a little bit, but if you're a young quarterback, I've been a proponent of this forever, you need your tight end. Safarian Jenkins has great hands. He's a good, good receiver. It's just a matter of... Can Jameis Winston get the ball in his hands? If you're going to take anybody on that offense, go for Sferian Jenkins. That's my tip for you, but New Orleans is absolutely winning this game. Now, Atlanta at the Giants. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, the Giants did not come out on top on my Cowboys last week. Scott's not here to defend himself or their terrible clock management. Uh, maybe Rashad Jennings will send us a letter later. I don't know. We've, we've still got a half an hour. Anything's possible here. But in the meantime, Atlanta, these both these teams were involved in what we thought were going to be very high-scoring games. Uh, Atlanta maybe uh, not didn't quite do as much as I thought they were capable of doing. I still think they're going to win this week. Um, it's just it's a, I know a lot of people are going to pick the Giants in this game, and I can understand that side of things, but I think the Giants just got a little demoralized last week. They are playing at home. There's a lot of scrutiny. There's a lot of outside noise coming in at them. They have a lot of issues internally. I mean, your running back just ratted out your quarterback and had to publicly apologize. It's a whole thing. It's it's just this is stuff Atlanta's not dealing with this week. They're letting New York kind of just deal with their own issues and forget about them. And I think that Matt Ryan's going to be able to pick apart this defense a little bit. Uh, we definitely saw <laughs> – the Eagles' defense did not look very sharp for the majority of that game. And the Giants, they they didn't exactly light the world on fire against the Cowboys last week. So I'm not truly impressed with either defense on either side of the ball here. I think the Giants are going to look a little more together. I think they might be a little more worried about their clock. But I still think Atlanta's going to pull this one out late. Uh, I just think they're going to be able to put up points. It's as simple as that. Whoever scores the most points wins the game generally. That's what I found. And speaking of teams needing to score points, San Francisco at Pittsburgh. San Francisco did not have a problem putting up points last week. I want to apologize to the Bay Area. I did, uh, I believe, compare your team to what would amount to a dumpster fire for this season. I'm not totally coming back on that. They had a good week. I don't know if they can maintain, although I will say your defense did put up a better fight than I thought they would. Uh, Welcome back, Navarro Bowman. Huge help. It's nice seeing him healthy again. Um, but Pittsburgh needs to prove themselves. They're at home. I think they can do it. They've had the extra rest. Antonio Brown's just filthy. I think Big Ben's going to rebound. As he just needs to get rid of the ball a little faster. He's got uh, some holes in his offensive line. I think they know a little better now what they're working with. 
They're going to make some adjustments. Their defense, quite frankly, cannot, and if they want any chance of winning, will not play the way they did last week. They will get it together. Uh, I think that is – it just it has to happen. If it doesn't, this team is just not going to win games. They simply will not win. So I'm taking Pittsburgh in a close game. Um, I know a lot of people are going to go the other way on that, but I still believe the Steelers are going to win this. Look for Antonio Brown and Big Ben to have better games this week. St. Louis at Washington. My boy, Nick Foley and Dynamite, going to have a very strong week this week. Washington, still a mess. Uh, Nick Foles put up better numbers than I thought he would last week. Uh, St. Louis really, really uh, did a number on Seattle, but... I think this is really going to be his homecoming, his coming out party. It's going to be a good week for him. I'm going heavy on the St. Louis offense and and their defense for sure. That defense needs to get more respect. You guys saw it last week. They have one of the strongest front lines on defense anywhere in football. Uh, Let's move on to what I call the afternoon games. Scott calls the late games. Miami at Jacksonville. Yes, Miami's on the road again. Not a far trip for them, though. They're going to Jacksonville. Uh... Listen, Ryan Tannehill, I'm still very high on. Uh, he did not produce quite as much as I thought he would last week. He's going to rebound a little bit this week. Jacksonville, their defense is better. I will give them that. I'm not putting all my hopes and dreams on Ryan Tannehill this week. I think he's going to have a solid week. I think he can still start him in a lot of fantasy formats. But uh, Jacksonville's offense, on the other hand, just going to have a tough time. Miami's got a pretty good defense, too. People forget about that. And I just... I really hope Blake Bortles has his dancing shoes on because Miami's defense is going to be coming for him. They're going to get off that line quick and be in his face. It's going to be a tough day for that pass game. Uh, If T.J. Yeldon can get something going, they have a chance. But Miami's going to win this. They might win it by 10 points. And I just people who are waiting for Allen Robinson to emerge, he's only going to be as good as Blake Bortles gets. Blake Bortles has to keep progressing forward for you to have any hope of Allen Robinson getting any better. Right now, he's a flex player best. You hang on to him, keep him on your bench, see if things progress, but this probably isn't the week for him. Baltimore at Oakland. Bad weeks for both teams for very different reasons last week. Obviously, Baltimore uh, got somehow stuck in a defensive battle with the Broncos, which nobody predicted that was going to happen. We thought this would be a high-scoring game. It was not. Uh, They lost Terrell Suggs. Uh, They they just had a rough week. Let's put that behind them. This is going to be a much better week for you Baltimore fans. Oakland was atrocious last week. Derek Carr is playing hurt. Uh, Granted, the best thing going for them is that Pac-Man Jones isn't playing in this game since he single-handedly tried to set the franchise back several years by uh, helping almost break Derek Carr's hand while getting stiff-armed and then ripping Amari Cooper's helmet off his head and slamming his head into the ground during some trash talk gone bad. Uh, So good for them. They don't have to defend Pac-Man Jones. Bad for them, they still have the Baltimore defense coming after them. So I think it's going to be another long day for Oakland. Maybe they're not going to lose quite as badly, but Baltimore's going to rebound. They're going to walk away feeling better this week. Now, the game that probably I'm most looking forward to this week, the Cowboys at the Eagles. This is interesting on a lot of levels, obviously in division, um, but there's the added twist of DeMarco Murray playing against his old team, Dallas coming to Philadelphia, which always ends well for everybody involved. Uh, I think you detect some sarcasm in my voice there. But um, 
There's no Des Bryant. DeMarco Murray's playing for the Eagles now, and they are in hostile territory coming to Philadelphia. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough week for both sides, I think. Philly's offense they didn't look great for a lot of that game. There were bright spots, but overall it felt felt very disjointed both sides of the ball for the Eagles. I'm not saying the Cowboys were a real picnic. If someone could wipe the Crisco off Colt Beasley's hands, I'd feel a lot better about things. We still don't have a clear-cut running back number one. But, I mean, I guess that's fine. We'll figure it out. Uh, I think Dallas wins this game. I think, in, quite frankly, this game could go either way. I think the Cowboys' offense has it a little more together than the Eagles do, and I think that both these teams are very hungry to make a statement here. DeMarco Murray's going to have a better game this week. He's not going to be as quiet in the first half as he was. He knows how to play against the Cowboys. Granted, the Cowboys do know how to defend against him, but he's got something to prove. And the fact is Sam Bradford's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly, and he's going to be looking at guys like Zach Ertz at tight end. He's going to be looking at Jordan Matthews, and he's going to be looking at DeMarco Murray because he can not only run, but he can also catch the ball pretty well. Not sure if Eagles fans know about that yet, but you're going to learn today. Now, the defense, on the other hand, they're going to get pretty picked apart by Tony Romo, I think, this week. It's not going to be the Cowboys' run game that wins this game for them. It's going to be Tony Romo's arms. And this is where Jason Witten needs to not hand the ball off to defenders. Cole Beasley needs to keep the ball in his hands. It's got to be teams winning, not snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, which is what both of these teams tried to do last week but somehow managed to win games. So uh, just I would be very careful – with your lineups, Nelson Aguilar, I know a lot of you guys drafted him after that one great preseason game. He's not even a clear-cut number two wide receiver. I would say keep him on your bench this week. Look at guys like Jordan Matthews and Riley Cooper ahead of him. But anyway, big points in this game. I think go ahead, uh, definitely make, make some roster moves from that game. Seattle at Green Bay, our Sunday night game. We're going to get some, uh, I think Green Bay is going to get some redemption from last year against Seattle. Say hello to, to James Jones. He wasn't wanted by Oakland. He wasn't wanted by the Giants. The Giants tried to trade him back to Green Bay. Comes back to Green Bay after Jordy Nelson goes down with that terrible knee injury. And look look what we have. A match made in fantasy heaven. Randall Cobb looks beat up. James Jones already got a bunch of looks last week. I love this matchup for James Jones this week. Uh, I know it's the Seattle defense. You're supposed to be scared of it. But... I'm looking for Seattle to be 0-2 after this week. I'm okay with starting uh, with starting Aaron Rodgers and some of these receivers. I don't like the matchup for Eddie Lacy. I think it could be a tough day for Seattle, but they are still going to put points up. Green Bay did not do a great job of, uh, of defending pretty much any facet of the game last week. So look for Green Bay to win, but Seattle's going to put up a fight. And then the Monday night game this week, probably not one you need to stay up for. Thursday night, you stay up for this whole game. Monday night, eh, you probably could watch the first half and be okay. Granted, I'll probably be watching because that's just what I do. The Jets at Indianapolis, a reeling indie offense. They've got their home opener. Uh, they clearly have something to prove after last week. And the Jets are the Jets. Their defense, still pretty respectable. However, that offense is a mess. Uh, I still think Andrew Luck's going to be able to pull this out. Uh, I just – Terrell Pryor came to visit the Jets this week. They've got that going for them. Uh, but beyond that, it's going to be it's going to be kind of a tough one for them. 
So we'll see what happens there. Um, but just, Andrew Luck, did you, a lot of you guys dirty last week, I'm sure, unless you were smart and listened to me. But this is going to be more of a rebound for him fantasy-wise. I just don't put Terrell Pryor on your <laughs> in your lineups at all. He hasn't even signed here. He's on a tour. Um, but like I said, it's just sometimes you just want to give the Jets collectively a hug. It's just not a great look for them. But, you know, it's fine. Uh, they're, they're not going to have Antonio Cromartie. It's, it's going to be rough downfield. I think Andrew Luck, even without T.Y. Hilton, is still going to throw some bombs. Maybe Andre Johnson's a better flex option for you this week. Someone's got to catch those passes. And we'll get to in a minute why I'm not huge on uh, on the tight ends. But let's look at some FanDuel and DraftKings uh, news and notes here. Let's look at some guys, good value, start, sit. Uh, let's start at the quarterback position. Now, some of these guys, normally I like to find some guys who are, are – a better value pick, if you will, but sometimes you got to pay for quality. And this week, quarterback's a position you're going to pay a little bit for because, quite frankly, it's going to be worth it. Drew Brees this week, he's an $8,900 guy on FanDuel. Just for all intents and purposes, I'm going to throw FanDuel pricing at you so I'm not just killing you with numbers here, but Drew Brees, Brandon Cooks, it's going to be a good week for them. They're bouncing back. Um, so I I feel okay doing that. You might skimp a little bit somewhere else, but don't worry. I got you covered at other positions. Philip Rivers, like I said earlier, maybe not great uh, running back wise matchup for them unless it's Danny Woodhead. But at 8,200 bucks, he's worth it for me this week. Carson Palmer, I am all in on Carson Palmer this week. I really really like this for him. At 7,800 dollars, he's going to cost you less than a guy like Drew Brees for sure. Um, and I just think matchup-wise, you're gonna you're gonna have a pretty good day with him. I'm on the fence about Marcus Mariota at $7,400. I like him. I just don't want you to go in there thinking that he's gonna put up four touchdowns for you. Probably not gonna happen. Listen, sit guys like Tom Brady this week. $8,300. It's a terrible matchup. Like I said, he's got like a 54% QBR against a Rex Ryan's defense. Yeah, he might get the win. It's very possible, but I don't love the matchup. He's going to have to get rid of the ball quick. You're not going to get those long downfield throws. He doesn't have that pocket to sit in. Yeah, he's going to hook up with Gronk. He's going to hook up with some guys, but I just don't love this matchup. For the price, it's not worth it for me. I'd rather have Carson Palmer all day. Jay Cutler, I don't love the matchup. At $7,200, he's a bargain, but it's not a bargain if you're not going to get the points out of him. Just stay away from Cutler this week. It's a bad matchup. Running backs, though, again, we've got a mix here, value and and paying a little bit for what it's worth. Look at DeMarco Murray this week. I didn't like the play last week. $8,300 is a lot to swallow, but he's got he's got a grudge here. The Cowboys didn't make him an offer. It's the first time against his old team. He's going against guys he's very familiar with. Plus, he didn't look that great to start the game last week. He needs to find his rhythm. I think this is going to be a breakout game for him. Go ahead and start him. Marshawn Lynch. Uh I know we've got a lot of a lot of ill will after last week and there's a lot of you know, he wasn't used more and his mom's putting out letters. I, I don't know what everyone's writing letters this week, but whatever. Mama Lynch threw one out there, threw her hat into the ring. Eighty three hundred bucks, but Green Bay is gonna win this game. They did, however, give up almost two hundred rush yards last week to the Bears. Worth considering. So I would throw Marshawn Lynch in your lineup. 
Bishop Sankey in Tennessee. Yes, I know I'm a bit of a Tennessee homer. I like an underdog. Bishop Sankey this week's got a pretty good matchup. Uh, guys are going to be looking for the deep ball. They're going to be looking at Mario to throw. Bishop Sankey's going to sneak in there and steal some of your points. He's a steal at 6500 bucks. It's worth it for you. Danny Woodhead, $6,200. I can't stress this enough to you. He's going to be a great flex option, or he's going to be your third your third running back. He's going to get looks. He's going to get some passing yards. He's going to get some rush yards for you. It's going to happen. And LeGarrette Blunt's not a terrible play this week at 6400 bucks. Kind of on the fence about that one. But, you know, you could absolutely do worse. And there's a lot of upside to that pick. So, again, it's, you know, I don't want you to only have Danny Woodhead and LeGarrette Blunt in your lineup, but one or the other frees up some dollars so you can go spend it on a Drew Brees. You could spend it on a Marshawn Lynch, things like that. Just, you know, pick your battles. I'm saying no to any of the Detroit running backs this week. We talked about it earlier. I just, for what you're going to pay for it and the uncertainty, it's not worth it to me. I'd much rather have a Bishop Sankey in my lineup. Just all day. All day. <laughs> I don't think I can stress that enough. Don't start Eddie Lacy. $8,100 for a guy who's going against a very tough defensive matchup when realistically Aaron Rodgers is going to have to throw this ball to win the game. It's not going to work this week. Just not. And Giovanni Bernard, I just don't love it. It's 7000 um, but... This is a tough matchup for him. It doesn't seem like it on paper, but stats show this is not going to be a great day to start him. You have plenty of other options. You've got even cheaper options that are going to work out better for you. I would say stay away from Bernard this week. Let's look at some wide receivers. I talked about it before. DeAndre Hopkins at $8,100. It's a lot to swallow, but he did catch a touchdown from both Ryan Mallett and Brian Hoyer last week. So you could set your lineup today and still know you're going to get some points out of him regardless of who's under center. doesn't matter till it, when they make the official announcement. He's that good. It's going to be worth it in the same way that we'll talk about in a minute, Gronkowski. Some guys, even though you know they're going to be keyed in on, it's going to be worth it to spend the money on them because their talent's going to outweigh or their size is going to outweigh whatever the defense is throwing at them that you throw at them enough you're going to get the right matchup. It's going to work out. So that's my – I will get off my pedi- my uh, my lectern now, and we'll keep moving on. <laughs> Jordan Matthews in Philadelphia at 7,000. Uh, this is one I've gone back and forth on whether or not to put him in my lineup. So I'm actually going to give you a lineup, I believe, that has one of him – has him in one of them for tonight. Um, I'm just not – I'm not comfortable with uh, what I saw out of the Eagles offense this week. I know that we've seen some good things. I I personally have been a fan of Sam Bradford since college. I just want to see it look a little more cohesive. But that being said, the Cowboys' defense did not set the world on fire last week. Someone has to catch the ball, and I'm a little more concerned about the tight end position than most people are in Philadelphia. So Jordan Matthews for me at 7,000. I'm going to put him in my lineup this week. I think he's going to make enough plays to make it worthwhile. Um, Brandon Cooks, I've mentioned several times, 7400 bucks. It's going to be worth it. I know a lot of you were disappointed with his output last week. Start him on your fantasy team. Start him in your FanDuel and DraftKings lineups. It's going to be worth it for you this week. John Brown, obviously I'm all about Carson Palmer right now. John Brown is his go-to guy. He's very dialed in. Uh, he just did a piece today about how he doesn't even eat cheeseburgers anymore. He's so focused on his craft. They spent a lot of time together in the off season. Uh, so even though you've got a Larry Fitzgerald out there, John Brown's the one stealing the show, and it's $6,200. He's a steal for your lineup. 
Uh, I like James Jones, too, on uh, on DraftKings. He's only 4,700, but granted, Randall Cobb is the one, number one there, but he's banged up. That shoulder's still bothering him, and it's becoming more apparent by as the days go on. James Jones just seamlessly trans- uh, transferred himself right into that lineup, and I think he's going to be even more comfortable this week. That that trust is there with Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to put it, go ahead and say start him this week. Um, on the flip side of that, I don't like Randall Cobb. I don't like him at $8,200, too much uncertainty, and a lot of guys got a lot of looks last week. It wasn't just Cobb. So for me, it makes me a little nervous. Um, I Guys like Allen Robinson we talked about earlier, uh, I just – for even though it's not a ton of money out of your pocket in those lineups, I just Blake Bortles is going to have a tough time hanging onto the ball long enough for any of those routes to develop, and I just it's not as weak. Maybe down the road, but this I don't think is the week for it. Let's look at tight ends. Um, like we talked about earlier, this position's kind of really emerging. It's becoming more more kind of du jour for fantasy owners now. I mean, we're at a point where we're talking about tight ends for flex positions. And I know Scott's laughed at – years ago, Scott was laughing at me about how on on tight ends I was. But, you know, it's just a little ahead of the trend. Not a big deal. So for this week, I've got a bunch of tight ends you can look at. Definitely some you should stay away from this week, though. So let's start with Gronkowski. We talked about it a second ago. Um, at $8,300, it is going to put a little dent in your bank account there. But you have to ask yourself, is it worth it for an elite top-tier player? He's he's going to get double covered. He's going to be zeroed in on. There's not going to just be one guy assigned to him. It's going to be a bunch of different looks and a bunch of different schemes. As the game goes on, Tom Brady's going to figure out which ones aren't working as well, which matchups he's winning. As this game goes on, you're going to see more from Gronk. Granted, Rex Ryan will adjust, but Tom Brady is a quarterback that adjusts better than just about anybody out there right now to defenses. And so I think Gronkowski, I don't expect him to necessarily put up huge numbers, but I think he's still going to be very serviceable. If you've got a strong lineup around him, take the risk. If he's, I mean, it's just it's as simple as he's just so big and strong and talented that he's going to overmatch some of these guys. He's going to win those battles. He's not going to lose every battle. You're not going to completely silence him. I mean, this guy's played with numerous injuries and still managed to have an impact, and right now he's healthy. So I'm going to take a flyer on it. We talked about Austin's Ferry and Jenkins. He is a good play this week. He's Jameis Winston needs a security blanket, and it's got to be his tight end. So Ferry and Jenkins has good hands. Go with it. Uh, Tyler Eifert. At 5900 bucks, definitely a steal compared to Gronkowski, but you're going to get some good production. It's not going to be like last week, but it's going to be pretty close. Andy Dalton and he have a great rapport. It's going to just keep growing. It's going to keep getting better. Jordan Cameron, I'm still a big fan of in Miami. Uh, I just overall, I like him. I like the matchup. 5500 bucks. It's uh, it's definitely not going to put too much of a hurting on you. And Really, guys, I'm kind of on the fence about Larry Donnell. He did split time last week, but like we talked about, uh, Daniel Fells is probably not going to play this week, so you might get more looks for Donnell, more of those one tight end sets versus the two tight end they ran most of last week. Um, last last year, he was he was pretty serviceable. You know, he's a low end of that that top tier of tight ends. 
This week it's just going to be can Eli Manning get him the ball. So if you need to reach a little bit or you're looking for a flex guy or you're trying to figure out who to plug in in your lineup, Larry Donnell's not a terrible option. Uh, we talked about Gronk earlier. Uh, another team that's running a lot of two tight end sets is the Patriots. Now, this offense is starting to look, and I think by year's end, it's going to look a lot like when they were running two tight end sets with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, two very talented tight ends on both sides. You had a lot of weapons. It's hard to defend that. Now, a lot of you don't realize Scott Chandler is tight end two on the Patriots now, formerly of the Bills. Now, we've talked a lot about him in years past on the show. Uh, I've always been a fan of his. He's got great hands. He runs a good route, um, but he's kind of always been under the radar. He was the Buffalo Bills tight end, not a lot of of publicity in that position. (laughs) Um, He does have some injury issues, which is part of why he's never put up huge numbers. But this week, Gronk's going to get a lot of looks, and Tom Brady's going to have to get rid of the ball very quickly. This defense is going to be coming for him. There's not going to be time to sit in the pocket. Scott Chandler may be on the the receiving end of this being a tough matchup for him. If Gronk's not open, you've got Chandler on the other side. If you're in a deep league, if you're really stretching for somebody, you need a deeper sleeper, go maybe take a look at Scott Chandler. He's $4,900. Uh, so if you're, <laughs> you're pinching pennies trying to fill in the end of that lineup, maybe take a flyer on him. Uh, I'm, you know, it's kind of it's, it's a risky play. But, you know, sometimes you got to take risks. Big risks, big reward. Now, Zach Ertz, uh, the Eagles' tight end, he uh, he was an up-and-comer last year. It looked like he wasn't going to play pretty much right up until game time, uh, but he was a surprise active and had himself a nice little game. At $5,200, he's not a bad play this week. Um, but just for what it's worth, I'm not 100% sure that he's 100%. He's still got Brent Selleck breathing down his neck, and the Eagles have made a bunch of moves today roster-wise and they brought another tight end onto the roster, so I don't know how encouraged they're feeling by the security of their tight end situation right now. So you may want to start Ertz this week, uh, but just for down the road, keep that tucked away in your mind, especially if you're playing in you know, the, the not just the weekly fantasy games, but you're playing a season-long team. Just keep an eye on Zach Ertz and the tight end position in Philadelphia You might want to look somewhere else for a little more security just because this is still a team that doesn't seem to be 100% behind one guy or the other. The tight end position has been up in the air for for a couple of years there. Um, So just worth noting. Anyway, um, let's talk about guys not to start at the tight end position this week. Delaney Walker's at the top of my list. Normally I'm a big fan of his, a big fan of his for fantasy purposes, but I don't like hearing that he is, you know, he's got the sprained sprained wrist. It's just, it's an injury that gives me a little pause. It just, Mariota's got other weapons. Kendall Wright, much better option, healthier, um, and just even Bishop Sankey out of the backfield. I'm a little concerned about Delaney Walker this week, so I would stay away from him. There are better options. Jermaine Gresham at $5,300, sure, it doesn't sound like a lot, but he was basically a ghost on the field last week. Not in the ghost of the post, you know, old Raider style with Casper, but he literally was a non-factor. I think he had one target last week. It's just not even close to what you need to put him on a lineup. Stay away from Jermaine Gresham. 
Cody Fleener and realistically any of uh, Dwayne Allen, any of the nonsense going on in Indianapolis, this is not a good tight end friendly matchup. And uh, if there's one thing, you know, that the Jets can do, it's shut down a tight end pretty well. And I'm just, quite frankly, not super impressed with the tight end position at this moment in Indy. I think it will settle itself down. I think it will straighten out. But for me, it's not worth it this week. I've got way better options. I've got way better matchups. So I'm staying away from it. Um, Let's look at kickers. Obviously, this is more for your season-long fantasy purposes, but you do get kickers uh, here and there. Um. Now, fantasy-wise, Dan Bailey, always a good play for me, uh, not just because I'm a Cowboys fan, but he he's not missing extra points, okay? We saw enough of those. I think there were eight missed extra points last week. Let's not play that game anymore. Um, <laughs> he and Brandon McManus got a lot of camera time last week, but Dan Bailey at 5,000, pretty good play. You were absolutely going to see him on the field uh, in this Cowboys-Eagles game this week. Matt Bryant, also a good play at 5,000. Again, just teams that are going to score points, the kickers are going to be out there. They're going to be kicking extra points. They're going to be set up for field goals. Um, Robbie Gould, an interesting play as well at 4,800. It's going to save you a little coin. Um, kind of a – you know, you wouldn't expect it just because I I really didn't talk up the Chicago defense or offense much, but they're going to have to score some points, and Robbie Gould, I think, is going to get a good amount of those. I would stay away from Randy Bullock this week. 4,800 bucks. It just, it's that offense has enough in flux as it is. You've got better matchups. You've got better options. Go look at those. Steven Goskowski, kind of the same deal. Uh, it just, it's going to be a hard fought game. Yeah, he might be out there kicking field goals, but I just don't know how high scoring this game is going to be. I want to look at some games where the kickers are going to have more opportunities. Uh, and I just don't know about Goskowski's matchup this week, especially at $5,200. Or, yeah, $5, uh, and Cody Parkey just did not impress me last week for the Eagles uh, at 5,000. It's just, I'm not sold on it. It just made me a little nervous. <laughs> Definitely don't look at Kai Forbath this week since he was released by the Redskins. So don't start him on any of your teams. And if he was on your team, please go find a replacement. May I suggest Dan Bailey or Robbie Gould? Uh, but defenses, let's get through those. We are getting ready to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, St. Louis at 4,900. Obviously, I can't really talk enough about how much I like the St. Louis defense. Good, good look this week. Miami at 5,100. Again, not enough, not talked enough about defense. They really are stronger than people give them credit for. And this is going to be a pretty good matchup. I'm sorry, Blake Bortles. I'm sorry, Jacksonville fans. But it's just, it's going to be a tough one this week. And New Orleans at 4,500, normally New Orleans defense isn't really factored into this conversation, but at $4,500, you need to to save some money somewhere. They've got a pretty good matchup against Tampa Bay this week. I'll take a flyer on them. I am going to stay away from both Cincinnati and Cleveland's defenses at $4,600 apiece. I just don't like the matchups. Um, There are going to be points brought on both of them. It's not worth it for me. Um, Cleveland's obviously going to get the Marcus Mariota aerial show uh, in Cincinnati. Again, it's just I don't like going into things where I I feel like the quarterback could take advantage of this defense. You've got cheaper and better alternatives out there. Go with those. I'm not saying they won't be better later in the season, but eh, it's just not going to do it for me this week. So, uh, as I said, we are just in the final minutes here of the show Let's take a quick look at some of my lineups I've got going this week. 
Like I said, the Sherpa still on his bye week. Uh, you can always check online and see his lineups as well. Um, but for FanDuel, let's take a look at that. Uh, do you guys think I'm starting Carson Palmer at quarterback? Because I really don't think I said that enough during this show. <laughs> Carson Palmer at $7,800 against the Bears. Uh, he's an early start. I, I just like watching the points rack up early. doesn't necessarily always factor into uh, my pick, but it's nice to feel like I'm, you know, beating the world early on. So I'm looking at Carson Palmer for sure. Uh, and I like Bishop Sankey. We talked about that earlier. At $6,500, I can afford to also pair him with a DeMarco Murray, who's running me 8300 uh, So Bishop Sankey against the Cleveland defense. Eh, it's not the best matchup in the world, but still a pretty good one. And DeMarco Murray, we talked about revenge. Uh, he's got to look a little more cohesive in that defense, but I think it's going to happen. Now, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, like I said, doesn't matter who's under center, this dude is going to go catch touchdowns. It's going to happen against this Carolina defense. I hope they're ready. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I said, I like this matchup. I like this bounce back for him. And you can eat the $8,100 for DeAndre Hopkins and the 7400 with Brandon Cooks because we saved pennies by starting guys like John Brown at wide receiver, who's only costing me a mere $6,200. Um, it's nice that I think he's going to have the production. Uh, you got Carson Palmer in the lineup with him as well, so hopefully we're getting a lot of points out of that. It's pretty sink or swim that way, but, hey, I'm all in. I'm doing it. At tight end, I'm starting Tyler Eifert this week, $5,900. Um, I mean, obviously, he's Andy Dalton's guy. He's getting the first look. I like that. I want to exploit that this week. Randy Bullock, we talked about good value at $4,800 for a kicker. Going against Carolina, he's going to get some points, be it extra points, field goals, and it's a combination of the two. I don't care how it happens. I like that it will. And then the St. Louis Rams against the Redskins. The Redskins are not the scariest offense in the world as it is, and St. Louis puts up a pretty strong defense. So overall, that's a pretty solid lineup. I'm feeling good about it. Let's look at DraftKings. Again, I've got Carson Palmer, $6,700 as the anchor of my lineup here. Again, going with Bishop Sankey at $4,500 and DeMarco Murray at seven grand. Here's where I differ a little bit. I went with James Jones at wide receiver at $4,700. Again, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, John Brown at 7,400 and 5,100, respectively. Tyler Eifert uh, in in my tight end spot. And then I went with Danny Woodhead as my flex at a mere four grand. I really like the upside here. Uh, the, the Cincinnati defense, I don't think, is going to be able to contain him. And then I went with the Dolphins going against Jacksonville for 3,300 for my defense. Overall, pretty solid. I'd love to hear how your lineups did last week. Uh, if you played mine, you made a little bit of money. So hopefully we're doing that again this week. Let me know what you would tweak. And, of course, if you have any lineup questions, feel free to hit us up all week long. We'll be back here next Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every Wednesday. You can find us all week long at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show on Twitter. You can also find me at JKIM16 and Sherpa at Fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. And thanks so much for playing. Good luck in all your lineups this week, unless, of course, you're playing me. Have a good night, guys.